Once upon a time, I ruined my best friend's life. My dreams last night were terrible. My brain rolled a highlight reel of every selfish choice I've made, and I woke up remembering I deserve every bad thing that happens to me. This particular action I took in high school still weighs heavily on me, but I hadn't thought about it in a while before last night. I changed schools a lot growing up, sometimes because we moved and other times because of my behavior problems. I didn't necessarily want friends for friendship, but 90s era high schools were teeming with bullies and there was strength in numbers. So I took a parasitic approach to making friends. I'd look for the computer nerds, my people, and brute force my way into their group. Eventually, I'd expel the weakest members, then cash in any cool points I could accrue on recruiting one or two more socially acceptable peers. I'm ashamed of how I'd vacillate between the bullied and the bully rather than developing a genuine and kind personality. This particular year, I had a solid three-way best friendship with Kane and Spud. Kane was the biggest computer nerd between us, and despite his college plans being waylaid by poverty, he still earned a position with a big box electronic retailer where he travels around the country making sure new stores open with the same inside design as all the pre-existing stores. Spud never finished high school, and it's kind of my fault. Both of my buddies were very poor, and I grew up in a household that benefited from the dot-com bubble. My parents are liberal Democrats, thank God, but also wealthy baby boomers. They are very generous with their money, and growing up I didn't really understand being poor. Spud lamented how much harder high school had become after his mom asked him to get a job alongside her at McDonald's. He told me his mom made $10 an hour as the evening shift lead, and he'd be making $6 or $8 an hour as part of her crew. I only got $20 a week allowance from my parents and thought Spud had hit a jackpot. That much an hour? Holy hell, you'll have all the newest video games in no time. Around the two-thirds mark in our school year, Spud messaged me during a round of whatever dial-up video game we were playing and asked if he could call and ask me something important. We hung up our game, you read that correctly, and spoke on the phone. Sorry to ask this, Spud said, but can I live with you and your family just until the end of high school? I don't think I can graduate with how much my mom makes me work. Now, even though we were computer nerds, Spud was also into cars and sports. He was kind of, affectionately, a hick. I enjoyed our friendship, even though I was a little closer to Kane, but I didn't think our lives as stepbrothers would be compatible. I didn't broach subjects of sex with my mom and dad, yet Spud would casually talk about regular teenage boy topics with anybody. He had a very candid way of speaking to his single mom, really almost no difference in the way he spoke to our friend group, and whenever he talked all pervy-like around my parents, I'd die inside. Also, 
where exactly would he sleep? In one of my mom's meticulously decorated guest rooms? Would he be allowed to sleep in the room she decorated to look like the Nantucket Inn? Would he be permitted to slumber in the room she curated to look like ancient Egypt? I wasn't even allowed in those rooms. Would he withdraw allowance as his income from my dad too? Would he eat all my pizza? Would I have any privacy left to masturbate to anime girls? I asked Spud to wait while I took his inquiry up the chain. I put my phone on hold, never left my chair, played a portion of a computer game offline, then got back on the call. Sorry, Spud. My mom said no. Now, after Spud dropped out of high school, he did make some dumbass decisions on his own. He got a woman with whom he didn't want to spend the rest of his life pregnant, and he bought a car he couldn't afford, then tinkered under the hood so much it became undrivable. To remedy his situation, he stole a car that was the exact make and model of his car and started swapping parts. He got caught and went to court. The judge gave him one month to get a GED and a job to avoid jail. Spud played computer games for three and a half weeks, then frantically tried to get a GED and a job. No, the GED test needs to be scheduled and paid for in advance. No, we aren't hiring right now. Spud was floored that the judge sent him to jail. I remember his AOL instant message. Dude, I have to report to jail! Spud's months in jail were set up so he slept there at night and left to work at a pizza restaurant during the day. Of course, Kane and I relentlessly joked about him needing to roll up a slice of pizza each night and plug up his butthole to prevent gang rapes. When my mom asked why she hadn't seen Spud in a while, I told her he was in jail. I shared that before his life fell apart, he had asked if he could live with us. How crazy, right? Why not? My mom asked me. We would have loved to help him graduate high school. Oh, fuck. That was when I realized I'm the bad guy. I've always been the bad guy. I read comics about heroes, but then squandered a real opportunity to help somebody. Help a person who was always a good friend to me, despite my awkwardness and sometimes cruelty. Except my audacity continued. Eventually, when Spud had a mechanic-type job in his own trailer, I'd fight with my parents, usually about not wanting to go to college, and then go live with Spud. Spud put me up in his home for a not insignificant amount of time, even after I never did the same for him. I am a motherfucking shitbag, and I am ashamed of myself. I did save his second ranch-style wedding by killing two rattlesnakes in front of the gift table. But Spud, wherever you are, amigo, I am so sorry.